I'll just read the key verses, 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 2, and then verse 15. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. Verse 15, And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart, and all and sought him with their whole desire, and he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. This title of this morning's message is Going Deeper. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I do ask that you would guide me as I deliver your word. Father, I'm wholly unable to do this spiritual work in my own flesh. Father, uh, we don't need a performance this morning. We need to hear from you. God, I ask that your truth and the truth of seeking you with our whole hearts, Lord, I pray that you would Burn that on our hearts this morning and that we would not leave the same as we came. I ask for your enabling. May Jesus Christ be lifted up. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Our, uh, our text this morning is on the king by the name of Asa. Asa is the great-grandson of Solomon, the great-great-grandson of David. And we look at Asa and we see a young man... A king, he, was, he becomes king really unexpectedly. His father only reigns three years. And the Bible says as a young man, Asa pleased God. Asa was a man, a young man who purposed in his heart, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to seek God with all my heart. I'm going to love God. I'm going to obey God. Asa is a man who lives to please the Lord. And the simple description of Asa's life is that he did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. And Asa comes to an impossible battle in chapter 14. And he goes through that battle. He faces an enemy of one million men. And a million man army. An impossible battle. Asa lives by faith, and through faith, he sees God work an amazing deliverance in his life. So the context of our story is simply, Asa is a man who loves God. Asa is a man who's living for God. Asa is a man who's seen incredible victory and God work in his life. And at that point, the prophet comes to him. And he cautions Asa with the very real truth that we as believers must not only seek God on the dark days. We as believers must not only seek God when it is very apparent that we need God. No, the greatest spiritual battle in our lives is that every day in our lives... And perhaps the days when I don't feel that I need to seek God, those are the days that I need to passionately pursue God. And Asa reminds, and the prophet reminds Asa that if you seek God, he will be found of you. Asa reminds the, 
the, the prophet reminds Asa that the great battle is not seeking God on the difficult days, but seeking God every day. But he also reminds Asa of one beautiful truth, and that is the greatest and the deepest blessings are not when we seek God out of crisis, but the greatest and the most transformative work that God is going to do in our lives is when we commit to seek God every day. Look, uh, look at verse chapter 14, verse 1. Where first of all, we're going to just see simply Asa's determination to live for God. For ch- chapter 14, verse 1. So Abijah slept with his fathers as his fathers, and Asa his son reigned in his stead, and the days, in his days the land was quiet ten years. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. Asa becomes king, and he pursues his throne. He, he begins his reign with one simple determination. I'm going to live for God. He comes from a heritage. If you study the king, study the chronicles, Rehoboam, his grandfather, is at best mediocre. The Bible says in Kings that he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Um, You study his father. He says he did that which is evil in the sight of the Lord. His grandfather, Solomon, turns from God and does that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Asa has no encouragement to live for God. Asa rules in... rules in, in, in a land, the land of Judah, that though they have the temple, though they have seemingly the appearance of worship, the land is filled with idolatry. He has no encouragement from his family, no encouragement from his culture. But yet Asa is a man who we just, we just have a simple description. He's, he lives for God. He pleases God. How do we know that? Psalm 119.9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereof, thereto according to thy word? Verse, um, verse 4, what, is, what does Asa do as king? He, uh, he commanded you to seek the law, the Lord God of their fathers, to do the law and the commandment. Verse 5, he, and he took away all the cities of Judah, the high places and the images, uh, uh, and the kingdom was quiet before him. So Asa goes through a radical campaign of getting rid of all of the idols in the land of Israel. No doubt that wasn't popular. No, no doubt that didn't make everybody love him, for him to get rid of and crush their idols. But Asa is pers- purposeful, and he's... Um, intentional about living for the Lord. He takes away all the idols, um, and he also takes away the high places. So first of all, just in, in, by way of introduction, we're discovering that Asa is a man that is, is godly, okay? He's a man that, that, is, that is pursuing God. He's seeking God. Secondly, I would make the point that Asa is saved, um, Asa is he's um, he's taking away all the high places. What were the high places? The high places were two things. They were worship of the false god, and then also they were false worship of the true God. And Asa said, "No, we God has." Uh, anointed and he's established that in the Old Testament they, they live in the Old Testament were to worship in the temple and so Asa takes away the high places I believe Asa was passionate not about pursuing man's way to God but rather he was passionate about pursuing God's way to God 
And I would challenge you, have you come to God God's way? Um, Asa, Matthew chapter 7 Uh, Verse 13 says, For wide is the gate, you don't have to turn there, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Asa understands there's only one way to God, and that's through God's ordained way. Um, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given among men, whereby we must be saved. And of course, Asa lives in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they have a temple. They have sacrifices. And so Asa comes to God as an Old Testament Christian, and he is saved in the very same way he's saved by faith. In the Old Testament, Jesus Christ has not yet paid for sin, So the expression of faith was to offer an innocent sacrifice as a sin substitute for the sin. And of course, we know from Hebrews 10 that the the goat did not take away the sin. It was not the offering that took away the sin. It was faith in the substitute that God had provided. And and we know today, if you'd please turn to Philippians chapter 3, that <clears throat> Philippians chapter 3, Asa came to God by faith through a sinless substitute. Philippians chapter 3. And we must come to God as a sinless substitute, through the sinless substitute of Jesus Christ. This is the Apostle Paul. And he says, we're going to read just about six verses here. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he have whereof he might trust in the flesh, I am more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Um, concerning, sorry, I lost my place. And touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. So Paul gives a record of absolute stellar integrity, but he gives the unavoidable truth of the gospel, and that is who I am, my performance has nothing to do with being a Christian. And this morning, the, 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 um, the message is on going deeper and, and living in fellowship with God. But I must stress the point that how you and I live as believers has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not we're a Christian. We are a Christian solely by resting in Jesus Christ. And Paul lists his accomplishments to the which I can never match. And he says, those things, uh, let's read in verse 7, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Look at verse 
verse 9, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And so we're, we're uh, learning this morning on the need to seek God, the need to surrender to God, the need to live for God. But we must understand as a foundation that has nothing to do with me being a Christian. The Bible says in Romans 3, there is none good. There is none that seeketh after God. There is none that doeth righteousness. Isaiah 64, for all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And Asa came to the place I am a sinner. I need a sin substitute. I need a savior. Asa was a man who's been saved. And I would challenge you, if you've never come to the point, not that you admit that you kind of need God, not that you admit that, uh, that you just need a little help for the little part that you're not good, but know the place of being saved is where we come to the point that I'm wretched. I am needy. I need God. And the relationship of Christ is only by faith. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I would challenge you, have you been saved? Not have you lived a good life. You haven't. I haven't. Nobody has. We must come to the place where we are basis for relationship with Jesus Christ. Our basis for calling myself a born-again Christian is Christ alone. Asa was a believer. And so we know that our relationship is only because of Christ. But I believe this prophet is pointing out to to, to Asa, King Asa, and it's, it's really the theme of the, the whole New Testament. We do not gain merit through living for God, but we cannot have God's fellowship. We cannot have his joy. We cannot have his peace. We cannot have his power evident in our lives if we are not daily seeking him. Asa purposed that he would live for God. Asa was saved and then let's go back to 2 Chronicles chapter 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 14. Asa runs into a trial. Asa comes into a difficulty. No doubt we all come into difficulties. Um, count it all joy when you fall into the diverse temptations. For it is the trying of your faith that worketh patience. God always brings Difficulty into a Christian's lives, not to punish, not but but rather to to build. And chapter fourteen, verse nine. And there came against them Zerah the Ethiopian with an host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots came unto Maresha. A million men and a well-equipped army approach Asa. Verse 8 says they have 580,000. So they're outnumbered two to one. An impossible battle. Asa is in a pickle. Verse 10. Then Asa went out against him, and they set the battle in array of Zephathah at Maresha. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, this is a beautiful prayer. Look at verse 11. It is nothing with thee to help 
with many or with them that have no power. Lord, not only can you do this, this is easy for you to do. O Lord, our God, we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. Verse 12, so the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people that were with him pursued unto Gerar. The Ethiopians were overthrown that they could not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before the Lord and before his host, and they carried away very much spoil. Lastly, um, really in, in uh, uh, um, continuation of the theme of this year, Asa learned to live by faith. And that is our theme of this year. I've so enjoyed pastor's messages that it is only by faith we see God work in our lives. And um, Asa learns the great joy that when I trust God, he does the impossible. And I only see God when, when I do trust him and when I do go forward by faith. And so Asa, I'm just trying to make the point this morning that Asa is, he's... Um, He's a mature believer. He's a Christian that has seen God work in his life. He's, he's a Christian that he's been all around the block a couple of times. He's a young man, but, the, but he's, he's a Christian that has lived devoted to God. And he's coming back from this great faith conquest, this great spiritual moment, this great victory that God has given him. And no doubt he's, he's in his heart, I would think, praising the Lord. I've sought God. It was worth it. I trusted God. It was worth it. But it is at the time where, where that is at this time that God cautions him and he sends a prophet and it is simply to repeat this message. We must not only seek God with our whole heart and with our whole passionate desire when, we, when, when we're surrounded by enemies. We must not only seek him in the beginning. No, if we are to know God's presence and God's power in our lives, we must seek him every day. There's never a neutral in the Christian life. There's never a time where we do not passionately, really, in, in a heart of brokenness, need to cry and pursue after God and say, Lord, I need you. And though it seems my bills are paid, and though it seems that life is going okay, that is not the time when we don't need to seek God. That is the time, if any, when we do need to seek God. Asa comes, Azariah comes, chapter 15, verse 1. Azariah comes, and he gives him three important points. Three important points about seeking God. Chapter 15, verse 1. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you. While ye be with him, and if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. Firstly, notice, we must, we must recognize we are never stationary in our pursuit of God. The, the prophet comes to Asa, verse 2. Asa, the Lord is with you, and 
while ye be with him. There is a word of affirmation. There is a word of encouragement. Asa, listen. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. God has been with you. He's given you the victory in an impossible battle. The Lord is with you. But Asa, if the Lord is going to be with you tomorrow and the next day and the next day, Asa, if you're going to have more than just a moment of victory, you must understand that your life must be a life of passionate pursuit of God. Notice, or we're just we're going to get into the command. He's, notice the present tense. The Lord is with you by while ye be with him. And then he gives two options. He says, and if ye seek him, he will be found of you. And if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. And I want to say something very, I think it's pretty black and white here. Asa, you're either going to seek God or you're going to forsake God. You're either going to draw closer to God and follow after God, or you're going to forsake God. But he does not leave a middle ground. And sometimes, I'll be honest with myself, sometimes we have the understanding that oftentimes in the Christian life, there's a plateau. There's a time, well, I'm not really uh, sort of on fire for the Lord. I, I could go deeper, but, but you know, I'm, it's not like I'm, I'm going away from the Lord. You know, I, I, it's, not, it's not like I'm losing my zeal for the Lord. I'm, I'm just kind of in, in the middle. No, there is no middle. Asa, the Lord is with you, but you are either going to seek the Lord or you're going to forsake the Lord. And we make a great mistake in our Christian lives if we think that we reach a point where we don't need to seek God. And you know where my heart is challenged is we all know the Christian lingo. We all know we would never ever say, oh, I've arrived, I'm good. We would never say that. And we all know that, you know, Lord, by God's grace, you know, I don't want to go off the deep end but I wonder, well, if there's an academic knowledge, I need to seek God. I wondered if it's evidenced truly by our, our, our heart's desire. Lord, change me. Lord, I want to grow. Lord, I want to go deeper. I want to seek the Lord. We must recognize that we're never stationary, never stationary in our pursuit of God. We're either drawing closer or we're, or we're, or we're growing colder. But notice also, he says, the Lord is with you while ye be with him. And there seems to be in, there seems to be in this language the idea that it's not that the Lord, um, the Lord uh, came to you, it's that you have found the Lord. Um, there is always a challenge. We, must, oh, we always have a challenge to seek the Lord. Is that your heart this morning? Are you seeking God? David said, As the heart panted after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Psalm 84, 2, My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. 
Paul said, I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so I'm simply trying to say this morning, our passionate seeking after God ought not be the excellent. It must be the everyday. We must daily seek the Lord. Peter said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that she may grow thereby. Proverbs says, through desire, a man having separated himself seeketh and intermeddles with all wisdom. And we daily must have a passion for God. We daily must say, Lord, I'm not what I need to be. Lord, I haven't arrived. If I've been saved five years, if I've been saved 50 years, Lord, I need to seek after you every day. Secondly, notice in 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 3, Asa goes through a bit of a history. And he recounts Israel's, what I call the cycle of crisis Christianity. Or in, if you read the book of Judges, it's known as this, the sin restoration cycle. Now for a long season, Israel hath been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexation were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And the nations was destroyed of nation and city of city. And God, for God did vex them with all adversity. So Asa has just had a, a great victory. And Asa... And the prophet reminds Asa of many others who have had a great victory. If you remember the judges, there's a cycle. They would, they would serve God. They would fall away from God. God would judge them in, in their difficulty. They would cry to the Lord. They would repent of their sin. And they would come back to God. By the way, I, that's the process of a believer, not an unbeliever. And it, I, Israel is in the state of a covenant relationship. God has <clears throat> promised to Israel, I will never leave, he will not leave them, or he will not forsake them. But God has also promised to Israel that, that if they go into sin, if you read the end of the book of Deuteronomy, if they go into sin, he will judge them, and he will chasten them. And so this prophet is reminding Asa, listen, you can live your Christian life where you have this deliverance and then you, you, you drift into sin because you're not seeking the Lord and then you cry to God to deliver you from the crisis. God delivers you and then you do the whole thing again. You can live your life just like the children of Israel lived their lives. But it's a sad life. It's a hard life. Notice verse 5. He, I want you to remember uh, a, a, this prophet is telling Asa, you can live this crisis Christianity where God delivers you and then after the deliverance you don't seek him because you don't need him and you fall into sin and he delivers you. You can live that. But remember the desperation. Remember the, the, the absolute misery. 
In those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in, but great vexation were upon all the inhabitants of the countries, and nation was destroyed of nation, and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. And can I tell you that if you are a believer, if you're saved, you cannot lose your salvation. You cannot lose it. God has given it to you forever. John 10, 28. But if you fall into sin, um, Hebrews chapter 10 says, if you fall into sin, guess what's going to happen? God is purpose that he as your father will chasten you. Uh, my father is sitting right here. I know much of my father's chastening because it was all out of love, I'm sure. But God has promised to all of his believers, listen, you can live a carnal Christian life. You can live and just, you know, just get spiritual when you need God. And that is a real way of living. And, and you fall into sin and then you confess the sin and God does forgive and he does deliver. But can I remind you, that is a miserable way to live. That is a frustrated way to live. And there are so many Christians who live that way. They're not seeking God. They're not wanting God. But if they are saved and they drift into sin, they're going to endure the chastening of God. Their life is going to be miserable. And the prophet is reminding Asa, listen, don't live the crisis Christianity. Don't have your mind on sin and only seek God when you need him. No, he's reminding Asa that, listen, there's a much better way to be God's child. There's a much more blessed way. There's a much deeper way and more joyful way of knowing God. And that is after the crisis. That is after the time where you feel you need God, then you continue to seek him. Because that is the only way to stay in God's presence. Grow beyond Christ, crisis Christianity. Grow beyond just seeking God to fix your problems. Verse 7. Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Asa, understand the blessing. Understand the sublime blessing of seeking and growing deeper with God. Relationship with Jesus Christ ought not be categorized as pros and cons, but rather we must understand that relationship with Jesus Christ, it surpasses everything. Uh, Jesus Christ uh, uh, described seeking God as, as, a, as a pearl hunter, finding the pearl of great price, as a treasure hunter, finding the greatest treasure. And beyond the misery of living carnal Christianity, we find the great blessing of God's presence. The unparalleled joy of knowing God Knowing our creator, knowing the, the, the creator who we were designed to worship, we designed to praise. And so seeking God and finding God is not a good alternative. No, seeking God and finding God and knowing his power and his presence daily in our lives is the greatest joy you'll ever have. 
It is the greatest joy. And, and so often we become misguided. We become deceived that joy is found in other things. But our continual experience is that great joy and great peace and, and satisfaction is only found in God's presence. And we only live in God's presence as we seek him. As we seek him. Notice the fruit of seeking the Lord. What happens? Um, well, f- first of all, let, let, uh, just before we do that, let's, let's notice the, the process of seeking the Lord. What is it? We've talked just briefly this morning about, um, about seeking the Lord. But, sorry, I'm, what does it mean? What does it mean? To seek the Lord. Notice verse, what does Asa do? Verse 8. And when Asa heard these words, he took the prophecy of Oded, the prophet. He took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the lands of Judah and Benjamin and took away the cities. And he took away from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. First of all, Asa He followed God's word. Asa took God's word and everything he knew to do. The first step in in seeking God is to take God's word and is to evaluate your life today by God's word. If If we remember from chapter 14, Asa had already destroyed the idols. But chapter 15 says he destroys the idols again. And if we're going to seek the Lord, we must today say, Lord, I'm going to come to your word. And whatever your word says, whatever it says, Father, I'll obey. And I'm not going to just say, I'm going to seek the Lord. Lord, if whatever, listen, it's not going to be easy to seek the Lord. It's not going to be easy to put God first. But Asa, first of all, he says, you know what? I'm reading God's word and these idols, they got to go again. He gets thoroughly right with God. He renews the altar of the Lord with Mount Ephraim. Excuse me, and he, uh, the end of verse 8. And renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. Asa gets clean with God. And if you're a believer and you're living in sin and you're wanting to seek the Lord, you don't have to be saved again, but you need to confess that sin. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if, we're, if you're a believer and there's sin in your life, well, you know, we, we need to go before God's word. We need to forsake the sin. Proverbs 28, 13, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. We need to get thoroughly clean before God every day. Every day, Lord, Lord, what, is, what does your word say? This, there's, there's not a delay. A, there's not a decision about whether I'm going to obey God's word or not. That's not the decision. The, the question is, is what does God's word say? We must commit. God, I'm going to live by your word. Your word is my command. Lord, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Lord, you are first. I'm seeking the Lord. And then verse 10. Verse, sorry. Verse 11. And they offered the spoil unto the Lord the same time, the spoil of that which they had brought 
707,000 sheep. I believe someone who's seeking the Lord is somebody who simply says, God, you're first. You're not second. You're not 17th. You're first. Perhaps the greatest way to show God's is first is in our giving. Verse 13, verse 12. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord their God and their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. So Asa, he gets right with God. He gets clean with God. He says, Lord, you're first. And then he says, and then he says, Lord, I'm going to make a promise to you today. I promise I'm going to make a covenant. I'm going to make a decision that, that I can reference in the future. Lord, everything that you say what I want. Whosoever, and they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God with all their fathers, Lord God of their fathers, with all their heart and with all their soul. So Asa, he gets clean. He gets right. He follows God's word. He measures his life by God's word. And then he comes into the, into the temple. And he He comes into God's house and he comes with a heart of brokenness and a heart of contrition. Lord, Lord, whatever you say, it's really, it's a heart of surrender. I wonder if that is your heart, if that is our hearts as we come into God's house. God, Lord, change me. Lord, I I want to please you. Lord, whatever you would say, God, show me your glory. Lord, I want to seek you. He sought God in his outside the church activity so that with his whole heart, when he came to the Lord and he came to God's house, he could seek him with his heart. Notice lastly, the fruit of seeking the Lord. Why? What is, what is the result of seeking God? It's beautiful. Page, look at verse, chapter 15, verse 14. And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice and with a shouting and with trumpets and with cornets. They make this promise to, to the Lord. Lord, we're going to seek you. Lord, in every area of my life, your word is law. God, there's, there's the broken and contrite heart. And verse 14, they begin to praise him. Because remember the promise in verse 2? If ye seek him, he will be found of you. And I believe as we daily, not momentarily, as we every day, in the weeks, in the months, in the years, as we seek God, it is only then that we truly know God. And, you know, we can settle for this crisis Christianity, but those people, I guarantee you, they don't know God. They don't truly know God. They have not gone deeper. They have not sought God. But when we go deeper, we discover God is far greater than we could ever imagine. We, dis- we discover that while heaven, I have not seen, nor, nor ear, neither hath entered in the heart of men the things of God that God has prepared for him that love him, while heaven is beyond our imagination, the creator of heaven is so much more beyond our imagination. And when we see God as he is, we only see him as he is when we seek him daily. But when we pursue God, we see his beauty, we see his power, and we see his glory. And the children of Israel, they sought God, they found God, and they praised God. Because when we know God, when we truly know God, we'll praise him. Notice, secondly, 
they found joy. Exceeding joy, great joy, uncontainable joy. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire. And he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Joy is not manufactured. Joy is not the happy face on the outside. No, God and only God gives true joy. Joy in spite of difficult circumstance. Joy in the trial. Joy on the mountaintop. Joy in the valley. Consistent joy. And they find that when I seek God, I don't lose, I gain. I gain what I never could have. I gain true joy. Can I ask, are you a joyful person this morning? I don't know if I'm the most joyful person, but I do know that as I seek God, I find a joy I never could find apart from God's presence. The end of verse 15, and he gave them rest round about. Not only do we have joy, we have peace. And as we seek God, as we go deeper and we discover, I'm not going to seek God just when I need him. I'm not going to seek God just in my depression. I'm going to seek God every day. We discover God gives a peace that we did not know. And lastly, I'll just bring this out. Look at verse 9. There's joy. There's peace. There's praise. But also there's fruitfulness. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon. For they fell to him out of Israel, the enemy. In abundance, when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. If you look at chapter 14, Asa begins his ministry with a command. Chapter 14, verse verse 4. And commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law of the commandments. Asa, he wants to live for God. He has a desire to change those around him. But, um, But he can't do it. They don't change. Asa takes away their idols in chapter 14, only to find they've reappeared in chapter 15. Asa is trying to change a nation, but he's powerless to change a nation. But in chapter 15, it changes. Because when the people see not only the command to obey God, but in his life, and as Asa follows God, they see a powerful, beautiful true, living God. They say, God, I want that. And if you're a Christian, surely you want others around you to be saved. Surely you want others to be born again, but you cannot command them to be born again, and you cannot coax them to be born again. But if you and I will seek after God every day, if we will abide with, abide with Christ, I believe God will put a beauty on our heart and a beauty in our life so then as we share the gospel message, it has power. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all, with open face, beholding him as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as the Spirit of the Lord. When you follow God, when you seek God, your life's going to change. It's not going to be different. 
when you daily refuse to reach the plateau, refuse to to have arrived, but daily I have a broken heart, I have a hungry heart, I have a desire, I'm seeking God. God will give you peace. He'll give you joy. You'll be praiseful. And lastly, He'll give you fruit. And so in closing, I would again emphasize the seeking of the Lord, the pleasing of the Lord, the living for the Lord. It doesn't make you a Christian. That's only by grace. But as we as believers, as we as children of God who've been born again, as we seek Him, as we passionately pursue after God, when we don't feel we have to, that is when I believe God does the great and deep work of joy, of peace, and of fruitfulness in our lives. Let's pray.